0: Section fifty three of Common Sense in the Household. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Common Sense in the Household A Manual of Practical Housewifery by Marianne Harland. Section fifty three The Sick Room The sick chamber should be the most quiet and cheerful in the house a sacred isle, past which the waves of domestic toil and solicitude glide silently. This is not an easy rule to obey. Whoever the invalid may be, whether the mother, father, or the sweet youngling of the flock, the foundations of the household seem thrown out of course while the sickness lasts. You may have good servants and kind friends to aid you, but the hitch in the machinery is not to be smoothed out by their efforts. The irregularity does not annoy you, you do not notice it if the attack be severe or dangerous all other things are swallowed up in the all-absorbing ever-present alarm you count nothing an inconvenience that can bring present relief or possible healing to the beloved one disdain for yourself rest or ease while the shadow hangs about the pillow crushed by the helpless head but when it passes when the first transport of thankfulness have subsided into an abiding sense of safety the mind swings back to the accustomed pivot, and your eyes seem to be suddenly unbound. You find, with dismay, that the children have run wild, and the comfort of the whole family been neglected during your confinement to the post of most urgent duty. With displeasure that the servants have, as you consider, taken advantage of your situation to omit this task, and to slur over that. In fine, that nothing has been done well, and so many things left altogether undone, that you are worried out of your senses." a phrase that too often signifies, out of your temper. And it is at just this juncture, when you are called to fifty points of attention and labor at once, and are on the verge of despair, at the conglomeration, worse than conglomerated, arising before you, fidgeting to pick up dropped stitches in the web you were wont to keep so even, that the invalid becomes most exacting. Unreasonable, you name it to yourself, even though it be like John himself who calls upon you every third minute for some little office of loving-kindness, who wants to be amused and fed and petted, and made generally comfortable as if he were a six-months-old baby, who never remembers that you must be wearied out with watching and anxiety, and that everything below stairs is going to destruction for the want of a balance-wheel. The better he loves you, the more apt he is to fancy that nobody but you can do anything for him the more certain to crave something which no one else knows how to prepare. And when you have strained muscle and patience a little further to get it ready, and with prudent foresight made enough to last for several meals, it is more than probable that his fickle taste will suggest something entirely different for the next time. Just for a change, you know, dear, one gets so tired of eating the same thing so often. He might be a little more considerate, less childish, you think. "'turning away that he may not see your change of countenance. "'When you have taken so much pains to suit him exactly. "'It is harder yet when he refuses to do more than taste the delicacy you hoped would tempt him. "'It is very nice, I suppose, my love,' says the poor fellow, with the air of a martyr. "'But it does not taste right, somehow. "'Maybe the children can dispose of it. "'If I had a lemon ice, or some wine jelly such as my mother used to make, "'I am sure I could relish it.' i always did detest sick people's diet if he is very much shaken as to nerves he will be likely to say messes i am fairly wild said a loving wife and mother and thrifty housekeeper to me one day when i called to see her she had just nursed her husband and three children through the influenza all had been down with it at once that form of demoniacal possession is generally conducted upon the wholesale principle one of her servants had left in disgust at the increased pressure of work the weather was rainy blowy raw the streets were muddy and there was no such thing as keeping steps and halls clean while the four invalids where crosses only toothache or influenza can make human beings i am fairly wild said the worthy creature with tears in her eyes i cannot snatch a minute from morning until night to put things straight and yet i am almost tired to death i was saying to myself as you came in that i wouldn't try any longer I would just sit still until the dirt was piled up to my chin, and then I would get up on the table. How often I have thought of her odd speech since, sometimes with a smile, more frequently with a sigh. But with all my pity for the nurse and housekeeper, I cannot conceal from myself that I would not forget, or let you forget for a moment, the truth that the sick one is the greater sufferer. It is never pleasant to be laid upon the shelf, the resting-place, falsely so called is hard and narrow and uneven enough and when the tramp of the outer world does not jar the sore jaded frame when there is no apparent need for the sick person to be upon his feet and for aught that others can see or he can say he might as well stay where he is for a month or two but when the rack of pain having been removed the dull perceptions of the mind reawaken to sensitiveness and there comes to his ear the bugle-call of duty sharp imperative when every idle moment speaks to him of a slain opportunity and the no longer strong man shakes his fetters with piteous cries against fate do not despise or be impatient with him he is feverish and inconsiderate and capricious because he is not himself you see only the poor wreck left by the demon as he tore his way out of him at the divine command gather it up lovingly in your arms and nurse it back to strength and comeliness the sick should always be the chief object of thought and care with all in the household if need be let the dirt lie chin deep everywhere else so long as it is kept out of that one room there be jealous in your care that nothing offends sight and smell there should be no smell in a sick chamber to avoid this let in the air freely and often cologne water will not dispel a foul odour while disinfectants are noisome in themselves bathe the patient as frequently and thoroughly as prudence will allow and change his clothing with the bed linen every day. Do not keep the medicines where he can see them, nor let him ever witness the mixing of that which he is to swallow. So as soon as his meals are over, remove every vestige of them from the room. Even a soiled spoon lying on a table or bureau may offend his fastidious appetite. Cover the stand or waiter from which he eats with a spotless napkin, and serve his food in your daintiest wear." My heart softens almost to cheerfulness when I recall the hours, days, weeks I have myself spent in the chamber of languishing, and the ingenuity of tenderness that, from my babyhood, has striven to cheat the imprisonment of weariness, and made me forget pain and uselessness. The pretty surprises daily invented for my entertainment, the exceeding nicety with which they were set out before me, the loving words that nourished my spirit when the body was faint unto death—these are events— not slight incidents in the book of memory when i cease to be grateful for them or to learn from them how to minister unto others of the like consolation may my heart forget to beat my right hand lose her cunning do not ask your charge what he would like to eat to-day he will of a surety sicken with the effort at selection and say nothing but watch attentively for the slightest intimation of a desire for any particular delicacy and if you are assured that it cannot hurt him procure it if you can without letting him guess at your intention feed him lightly and often never bringing more into his sight than he may safely eat a big bowl of broth or jelly will either tempt him to imprudence or discourage him am i to be burdened with all that cries the affrighted stomach and will have none of it when he is very weak feed him with your own hand playfully as you would a child talking cheerily of something besides his food and coaxing him into taking the needed nutriment as only a wife and mother can, or as nobody but John could beguile you to effort in the same direction. Study all pleasant and soothing arts to while away the time, and keep worry of every kind away from him. A trifle at which you can laugh will be a burden to the enfeebled mind and body, and he has nothing to do but lie still and roll it over until it swells into a mountain. When he can be removed without danger, let him have his meals in another room, changing the air of each when he is not in it everyone who has suffered from long sickness knows a peculiar loathing attendant upon the idea that all food is tainted with the atmosphere of the chamber in which it is served and if eaten in bed tastes of the mattress and pillows the room and all in it may be clean fresh and sweet but the fancy cannot be dismissed and it is wiser to humour than to reason with most sick fancies a hired nurse is a useful often a necessary thing but while you are upon your feet and mistress of your own house delegate to no one the precious task of catering for the dear sufferer it is an art in itself i hope a practical knowledge of it will be taught in women's medical colleges when they are an established institution with us i wish it were proper to record here the name of one of the kindest and best family physicians i ever knew who had charge of my not very firm health during my girlhood he owed much i suppose no one ever knew really how much of his success in his practice to his tact and skill in devising palatable and suitable nourishment for his patients i well remember the childish pleasure with which i would hear him say when the violence of the attack had passed now my dear child we must begin with the kitchen physic and the glow of amused expectation with which i used to watch him as with an arch show of mystery he would beckon my mother from the room to receive his prescription the impatience with which i awaited the result of the conference and the zest with which I ate whatever he ordered. If I could have persuaded him to manage this department of my work, it would win for me a degree of M.D. with a new meaning, Mistress of Dietetics. The Sick Room. Beef Tea. One pound lean beef cut into small pieces. Put into a jar without a drop of water, cover tightly, and set in a pot of cold water, Heat gradually to a boil, and continue this steadily for three or four hours until the meat is like white rags and the juice all drawn out. Season with salt to taste, and when cold, skim. The patient will often prefer this ice cold to hot. Serve with Albert biscuit or thin wafers, unleavened, made by a receipt given under the head of bread. MUTTON BROTH One pound lean mutton or lamb, cut small. One quart water, cold one tablespoonful rice or barley soaked in a very little warm water four tablespoonsful milk salt and pepper with a little chopped parsley boil the meat unsalted in the water keeping it closely covered until it falls to pieces strain it out skim add the soaked barley or rice simmer half an hour stirring often stir in the seasonings and the milk and simmer five minutes after it heats up well taking care it does not burn serve hot with cream crackers Chicken broth is excellent made in the same manner as mutton cracking the bones well before you put in the fowl veal and sago broth two pounds knuckle of veal cracked all to pieces two quarts of cold water three tablespoonsful best pearl sago soaked in a cup of cold water one cup cream heated to boiling yolks of two eggs beaten light boil the veal and water in a covered saucepan very slowly until reduced to one quart of liquid. Strain, skim, season with salt, and stir into the soaked sago, having previously warmed it by setting for half an hour in a saucepan of boiling water and stirring from time to time. Simmer half an hour, taking care it does not burn. Beat in the cream and eggs, give one good boil-up, and turn out. This is excellent for consumptives. Beef and sago broth. Two pounds of beef, cut up small, two quarts of water, one cup of sago soaked soft in a little lukewarm water yolks of three eggs salt to taste stew the beef until it falls to pieces strain it out salt the liquid and stir in the sago simmer gently one hour stirring often add the beaten yolks boil up once and serve this is a strengthening and nice soup eat with dry toast arrowroot jelly plain one cup boiling water Two heaping tablespoonsful of best Bermuda arrowroot. One teaspoonful lemon juice. Two teaspoonsful of white sugar. Wet the arrowroot in a little cold water and rub smooth. Then stir into the hot, which should be on the fire and actually boiling at the time, with the sugar already melted in it. Stir until clear, boiling steadily all the while, and add the lemon. Wet a cup in cold water and pour in the jelly to form. Eat cold with sugar and cream flavored with rose water an invaluable preparation in cases where wine is forbidden arrowroot wine jelly one cup boiling water two heaping teaspoonsful arrowroot two heaping white sugar one tablespoonful brandy or three tablespoonsful of wine an excellent corrective to weak bowels arrowroot blancmange one cupful boiling milk two dessert spoonfuls best arrowroot rubbed smooth in cold water two teaspoons full white sugar, vanilla or other essence. Boil until it thickens well, stirring all the while. Eat cold with cream, flavored with rose water, and sweetened to taste. Sago May be substituted for arrowroot in any of the foregoing receipts when you have soaked it an hour in water poured over it cold and gradually warmed by setting the cup containing it in hot water. Boil rather longer than you do the arrowroot. Sago gruel two cups water two tablespoonsful sago three teaspoonsful white sugar one glass of wine one tablespoonful lemon juice nutmeg to taste and a pinch of salt put the sago in the water while cold and warm by setting in a saucepan of boiling water stir often and let it soften and heat for one hour then boil ten minutes stirring all the while add the sugar wine and lemon and pour into a bowl or mould to cool eat warm if preferred The wine and nutmeg should be omitted if the patient be feverish indian meal gruel two quarts of boiling water one cup of indian meal and one tablespoonful flour wet up with cold water salt to taste and if you like sugar and nutmeg wet the meal and flour to a smooth paste and stir into the water while it is actually boiling boil slowly one hour stirring up well from the bottom season with salt to taste some sweeten it but i like it better with a little pepper added to the salt if a cathartic is desired omit the white flour altogether oatmeal gruel is made in the same way milk and rice gruel one quart boiling milk 2 tablespoonsful heaping of ground rice wet with cold milk one saltspoonful of salt stir in the rice paste and boil 10 minutes stirring all the while Season with sugar and nutmeg and eat warm with cream. You may use Indian meal instead of rice flour, which is an astringent. In this case, boil an hour. Dried flour for teething children. One cup of flour, tied in a stout muslin bag and dropped into cold water, then set over the fire. Boil three hours steadily. Turn out the flour ball and dry it in the hot sun all day, or, if you need it at once, dry it in a moderate oven without shutting the door. To use it, grate a tablespoonful for a cupful of boiling milk and water, half and half. Wet up the flour with a very little cold water. Stir in and boil five minutes. Put in a little salt. Tapioca jelly. Very good. One cup of tapioca. Three cups of cold water. Juice of a lemon and pinch of the grated peel. sweetened to taste. Soak the tapioca in the water four hours. Set within a saucepan of boiling water. Pour more lukewarm water over the tapioca if it has absorbed too much of the liquid, and heat stirring frequently. If too thick after it begins to clear, put in a very little boiling water. When quite clear, put in the sugar and lemon. Pour into molds. Eat cold, with cream flavored with rose water and sweetened. Tapioca Blanc One cup of tapioca, soaked in two cups cold water. Three cups boiling milk. Three tablespoons full white sugar. Rose water or vanilla. Soak the tapioca four hours and stir, with the water in which it was soaked, into the boiling milk. Sweeten and boil slowly, stirring all the while, 15 minutes. Take off, flavor, and put into molds. Eat cold with cream. Wash tapioca well before soaking. Arrowroot custard. Nice. Two cups of boiling milk. Three heaping teaspoonfuls arrowroot, wet up with a little cold milk. Two tablespoonsful white sugar beaten with egg, one egg very well beaten. Mix the arrowroot paste with the boiling milk. Stir three minutes, take from the fire and whip in the egg and sugar. Boil two minutes longer, flavor with vanilla or rose water, and pour into molds. Rice flour milk two cups of milk, boiling, two tablespoonsful rice flour, wet up with cold milk. Boil ten minutes, stirring all the while and flavor to taste eat warm with cream. Sago milk. Three tablespoons full sago, soaked in a large cup, cold water, one hour. Three cups boiling milk, sweetened in flavor to taste. Simmer slowly, half an hour, eat warm. Tapioca milk is made in the same way. Boiled rice. One half cup whole rice, boiled in just enough water to cover it. One cup of milk, a little salt, one egg beaten light. When the rice is nearly done, turn off the water, add the milk and simmer, taking care it does not scorch, until the milk boils up well, salt and beat in the egg. Eat warm with cream, sugar, and nutmeg. Panada. Six Boston crackers split, two tablespoonsful white sugar, a good pinch of salt and a little nutmeg, enough boiling water to cover them well. Split the crackers and place in a bowl in layers, salt and sugar scattered among them cover with boiling water, and set on the hearth with a closed top over the bowl for at least one hour. The cracker should be almost clear and soft as jelly, but not broken. Eat from the bowl, with more sugar sprinkled in if you wish. If properly made, this panada is very nice. Bread Panada or Jelly Pare some slices of stale baker's bread and toast nicely without burning. Pile in a bowl, sprinkling sugar and a very little salt between cover well with boiling water, and set, with a tight lid upon the top, in a pan of boiling water. Simmer gently, until the contents of the bowl are like jelly. Eat warm with powdered sugar and nutmeg. Chicken jelly. Very nourishing. Half a raw chicken, pounded with a mallet, bones, and meat together. Plenty of cold water to cover it well, about a quart. Heat slowly in a covered vessel, and let it simmer until the meat is in white rags and the liquid reduced one-half. Strain and press, first through a colander, then through a coarse cloth. Salt to taste and pepper, if you think best. Return to fire and simmer five minutes longer. Skim when cool. Give to the patient cold, just from the ice, with unleavened wafers. Keep on the ice. You can make into sandwiches by putting the jelly between thin slices of bread spread lightly with butter. Calves' feet broth, two calves' feet, two quarts cold water, one egg beaten up with two tablespoonful milk for each cup of broth, pepper, and salt, boil the feet to shreds, strain the liquor through a double muslin bag, season to taste and set by for use as you need it. Warm by the small quantity, allowing to each cupful a beaten egg and two tablespoonful of milk. Give a good boil up to cook these and serve with thin, crisp toast. If the patient can take it, a dash of lemon juice improves the broth. Toast water. Slices of toast nicely browned without a symptom of burning. Enough boiling water to cover them. Cover closely and let them steep until cold. Strain the water, sweeten to taste, and put a piece of ice in each glassful. If the physician thinks it's safe, add a little lemon juice. Apple water. One large juicy pippin, the most finely flavored you can get three cups of cold water, one quart if the apple is very large. Pare and quarter the apple, but do not core it. Put it on the fire in a tin or porcelain saucepan with the water and boil, closely covered, until the apple stews to pieces. Strain the liquor at once, pressing the apple hard in the cloth. Strain this again through a finer bag and set away to cool. Sweeten with white sugar and ice for drinking. It is a very refreshing and palatable drink. Jelly Water one large tablespoonful currant or cranberry jelly, one goblet ice water. Beat up well for fever patient. Wild cherry or blackberry jelly is excellent, prepared in like manner for those suffering with summer complaint. Flaxseed Lemonade Four tablespoonsful flaxseed, whole, one quart boiling water, poured upon the flaxseed, juice of two lemons, leaving out the peel, sweetened to taste. Steep three hours in a covered pitcher, if too thick put in cold water with the lemon juice and sugar ice for drinking it is admirable for colds slippery elm bark tea break the bark into bits pouring boiling water over it cover and let it infuse until cold sweeten ice and take for summer disorders or add lemon juice and drink for a bad cold apple toddy boil a large juicy pippin in a quart of water and when it has broken to pieces strain off the water While it is still boiling hot, add a glass of fine old whiskey, a little lemon juice, and sweeten to taste. Take hot at bedtime for influenza. Milk Punch One tumbler of milk well sweetened, two tablespoonsful best brandy, well stirred in. I have known very sick patients to be kept alive for days at a time with this mixture and nothing else, until nature could rally her forces. Give very cold with ice. Egg and Milk Punch is made by the preceding receipt, with an egg beaten very light with the sugar, and stirred before the brandy is added. Iceland or Irish Moss Lemonade A handful of Irish or Iceland moss washed in five waters, two quarts boiling water poured upon the moss and left until cold, two lemons peeled and sliced, leaving out the peel. Sweeten very well and ice. Do not strain, and if it thicken too much, add cold water excellent for feverish colds and all pulmonary troubles. Iceland or Irish Moss Jelly A handful of moss washed in five waters and soaked an hour. One quart boiling water, two lemons, the juice only, one glass of wine, one quarter teaspoonful cinnamon, measure scantily. Soak the washed moss in a very little cold water, stir into the boiling, and simmer until it is dissolved. Sweeten, flavor, and strain into molds, You may use two glasses of cider instead of one of wine for a fever patient, putting in a little less water. Good for colds and very nourishing. Sea moss blancmange is made the same way using boiling milk instead of water and leaving out the lemons and wine. Flavor with vanilla or rose water. Dry toast. Pare off the crust from stale light bread. Slice half an inch thick and toast quickly. Graham bread is very nice toasted. Butter lightly if the patient can eat butter. Milk Toast Toast as just directed. Dip each slice, as it comes from the toaster, in boiling water. Butter, salt slightly, and lay in a deep-covered dish. Have ready in a saucepan enough boiling milk to cover all well. When your slices are packed, salt this very slightly, melt in it a bit of butter, and pour over them. Closely cover and let it stand five minutes before using it. It is excellent when made with graham bread. This is a good dish for a family tea as well as for invalids. Unleavened biscuit or wafers. Mix good dry flour in a stiff dough with milk. Salt and roll out thin. Cut into round cakes and roll these again almost as thin as letter paper. Bake very quickly. They may also be mixed with water. These are very simple and palatable and go well with all kinds of broth, especially oyster soup. Dried Rusk. see Bread. Beef Steak and Mutton Chops. Choose the tenderest cuts and broil over a clear hot fire with your wisest skill. Let the steak be rare, the chops well done. Salt and pepper, layer between two hot plates three minutes, and serve to your patient. If he is very weak, do not let him swallow anything except the juice, when he has chewed the meat well. The essence of rare beef, roast or broiled thus expressed is considered by some physicians to be more strengthening than beef tea prepared in the usual manner sangaree or porterie one-third wine or porter mixed with two-thirds cold water sweeten great nutmeg on the top and ice serve dry toast with it taken hot it is good for a sudden cold wine whey one pint boiling milk One large glass pale wine poured in when the milk is scalding hot. Boil up once, remove from the fire, and let it cool. Do not stir it after the wine is put in. When the curd forms, draw off the whey and sweeten. Herb teas are made by infusing the dried or green leaves and stalks in boiling water and letting them stand until cold, sweetened to taste. Sage tea, sweetened with honey, is good for a sore throat, used as a gargle with a small bit of alum dissolved in it catnip tea is the best panacea for infant ills in the way of cold and colic known to nurses pennyroyal tea will often avert the unpleasant consequences of a sudden check of perspiration or the evils induced by ladies thin shoes chamomile and gentian teas are excellent tonics taken either cold or hot the tea made from blackberry root is said to be good for summer disorders that from green strawberry leaves is an admirable and soothing wash for a cankered mouth tea of parsley roots scraped and steeped in boiling water taken warm will often cure strangry and kindred affections as will that made from dried pumpkin seed tansy and rue teas are useful in cases of colic as are fennel seeds steeped in brandy a tea of damask rose leaves dry or fresh will usually subdue any simple case of summer complaint in infants mint tea made from the green leaves crushed in cold or hot water and sweetened is palatable and healing to the stomach and bowels. Mint julep. Some sprigs of green mint, slightly bruised, in a tumbler with a teaspoon. Put in a generous teaspoonful of white sugar. Add gradually, stirring and rubbing lightly, enough water to fill the glass three quarters of the way to the top. Fill up with pounded ice. Stir hard and pour into a larger glass that you may shake up well, and put in two tablespoonsful of fine brandy. This is called a hailstorm julep. U sucre dissolve three or four lumps of loaf sugar in a glass of ice-water and take a teaspoonful every few minutes for a tickling in the throat or a hacking cough keep it ice-cold a simple but often an efficacious remedy end of section fifty three